Welcome to this week's episode of the Money Mentors Podcast. My name is Nathan Lear and I'm here once again with my co-host Glenn Fairburn. Uh, today we are brought to you by Hewson Private Wealth, one of Australia's leading independent wealth management firms. Uh, in this discussion today, we're having a chat about uh, what's what's termed as the the five percent rule, or, or, or often the four percent rule in America, but we'll call it the five percent rule today, uh, and the secret to to not running out of money in retirement. Um, this podcast is of general nature only, so we haven't considered your specific situation so please seek advice if you want to discuss this further uh, and we hope you enjoy the podcast welcome everyone to this week's episode of the money mentors podcast uh, nathan in episode three of our podcast we spoke about the concerns with retirement and whether retirement was achievable and one of the major discussion points was, I suppose, trying to answer the question as to how much people need in retirement. Um, but I suppose one of the ongoing concerns that perhaps a lot of people have is uh, the concern of running out of assets, like you know, drawing down their on their superannuation benefits or their personal investments throughout retirement, and perhaps not having enough assets to maintain their lifestyle for the rest of uh, their lives. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to chat about today um, was the five percent rule. Um, but before we delve into that, um, I, I just wanted to ask you sort of your experience with with clients, and, and perhaps I suppose more of an industry thing where unfortunately a lot of people who see an advisor may get a projection done as to show them how long their superannuation will last for. Um, and quite often it's a downward trending curve and that can be quite concerning for people, can't it? Just you know, coming to the realisation that they may not have accumulated enough to meet their income. Is that sort of your experience talking with clients perhaps who have either sought advice or just come in with the mindset that perhaps they don't have enough in assets to meet their income needs? Sure. So, Glenn, can we just spend a, a tick to go through the? So, I think in the US we spoke about off off air that it's the four percent rule. Yeah. So, there's a, um, there's a common sort of belief um, or or a common um, school of thought or rule of thumb, whatever ever you want to say it, um, where, where they actually refer to it as the four percent rule. I know I alluded to the five percent rule, but so in Australia, it's maybe because uh, companies in Australia pay a little bit higher income. We we in our business anyway, we tend to. Look at it more at five percent, don't we? Yeah, I think that's probably something more internally that at Hewson Private Wealth that we would focus on a bit of a five percent rule. But perhaps it's important to explain what that rule actually is, um, and, and that's why I was posing the question as to concerns people have with perhaps running out of money in retirement. Now, the the four percent rule essentially um, says that if you can limit your drawings from your asset base to four percent per annum that your assets should last forever. You, you'll preserve its, its capital balance. Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, so I, I suppose it's it's one of those things, there's so many different rules and schools of thought. Um, I mean, would, would you subscribe to that? Do you think that's an appropriate uh, level of drawings? So yeah, I mean, g- generally speaking, uh, yes, I, I, I subscribe to, to that. I mean, we, as we said, alluded to earlier, we, we generally work off a 5% rule. So... Uh, and we usually we spoke about this a lot in our third podcast, but 
it comes back to how much income that you that you need in retirement to live off. And yeah, and that's where the, that that's effectively what the five percent is, isn't it? It's the income generation from yeah. from the portfolio. Yeah. So so just working backwards in that example, and I'll use round numbers because they're always easy. If, if you if you need a hundred thousand dollars per annum in retirement at five percent return or income, you need a capital base of, of two million dollars. So yeah. so generally, when we're having the conversation with client, it all depends on their objectives, but. That's why we'll generally work backwards, have a have a chat about how much income they need, and then what what um, what level of capital they'd need to support that income. Yeah, and I suppose the re- that, that's where, as we spoke about, I suppose the the complete opposite of the five percent rule is just the factor of twenty. So lo- looking at how much you need to to live off, and then multiplying it by twenty. So I suppose yeah. if you're younger, you may have the time to accumulate that twenty times of whatever income you need. Mm. But if you're approaching retirement, in the short term, um, obviously, you don't have a lot of time to do the old 20 times how much income need you, you, you require and maybe that's where this the 4% rule or the 5% rule is probably more relevant for those who are closer to retirement. Um, but as, as you were saying, I mean, just in relation to if we focus on our preference internally, which is a 5% rule, how, how would you explain the achievement of a 5% income return. I mean, how would you go about doing it with interest rates where they are at the moment? Yeah. Look, that that's probably the the, the challenge in the current environment, record low interest rate environment. Uh, the way the way we do it is uh, the diversified approach where we try and uh, spread spread the, the, the portfolio across different asset classes. Obviously, some will be more income focused, some will be more growth orientated. How you design the portfolio depends on the uh, I guess on the on the nature of the client, whether they're more income focused. Um, if they if they are more income focused, we'll probably have a higher tilting towards fixed income uh, that are that that's providing a, a fixed rate of income return. But as you mentioned, Glenn, the challenge at the moment in that record record low interest rate environment, how do you achieve that income? Now we we can do that in in ways that we think uh, without taking on too much risk. We think that we can achieve that five five percent income return after even after fees. Yeah, and I think that's why we're pretty confident, you know, referring to it as a 5% rule as opposed to a 4% rule, and that really just comes through experience over a long period of time through varying interest rate cycles where the, you know, the average portfolio and every portfolio could be different as you were saying depending on what the client's situation is, but if you've got a fairly diversified portfolio or balanced portfolio where you've got a little bit of cash, some fixed interests, some Australian shares, international shares, and some property um, with the right asset mix and the right investment mix through our experience and other people's experiences may be different, but through our experience with clients, you should be able to generate that 5% income level each and every year. And as we've spoken about many times in the past, the ability for good quality investments to pay income isn't correlated with their asset value. so I suppose the confidence we have using this 5% rule is that even if markets go through a correction, and we've seen that in the early part of 2018 where the, the stock market has gone through a little bit of a downturn, whether it's you know, at one point it was off 10%. So if you were reliant on drawing down on capital to meet your income needs because the cash flow generation wasn't enough to maintain you know, your, your monthly drawings out of your super fund, then it's not a great time to be drawing out of capital when the markets are depressed as opposed to how we would prefer to construct portfolios, which is around that income generation, then it largely doesn't matter what's happening in the short term with the value of an asset, does it? Because you've got that 
reliable income coming in. Also, you're not 100% invested in equity. So if you've got some property and some fixed interest and multiple investments within those asset classes all paying income, I think that's what puts you in a really good position and also gives you that comfort where you can draw that 5% fairly safely and fairly comfortable through any economic or financial market cycle. Yep. So, so Glenn, I'll, I'll pose a question to you. Let's say a, a client works with you, is diligent, uh, determines, I, I'll use that same example I said before of $100,000 per annum in income. Um, so they've worked really hard to build up $2 million to, to support that level of income um, for the benefits that you just spoke about earlier, that they're, they're not going to have to be a force seller or they're not, not going to have to sell down on capital. So whatever the capital of their portfolio does is somewhat irrelevant because they're just getting the 5% income. If you look forward 5, 10, 20 years, what's their capital going to look like? Well, I think the advantage of limiting your drawings to 5% is that not only are you only living off the cash flow, but I think more importantly, the capital remains intact. So that $2 million... Intact or, or growing. Exactly right. So if you're investing in... And this is a really good question because if you were to say, well, let's just put the $2 million in let's just say interest rates are in a normal environment, you can get a 5% income. That, that's, that's great in the short term, but as we know, things get more expensive. So you, you need to be able to offset the effects of inflation over time. So, so it needs to be a growing, a growing income stream. Yeah, and, and that's where yeah. you need that diverse portfolio, isn't it? So you need to have assets that have the potential to grow, so really shares and property. So if you're limiting your drawings to that 5%, that means that the capital is remaining intact and in fact, increasing in value so that each and every year, the five percent of your capital is increasing. So you, it provides a natural hedge against sort of rising in, um, inflation or rising costs of living. Because in that example, a hundred thousand dollars, say now when you retire, in ten years' time, assuming inflation you know, goes at two, three percent, whatever it might be, a hundred thousand dollars in ten years' time will be a lot more than a hundred. It might 000. be one hundred twenty thousand dollars. So your portfolio obviously needs to have a higher capital base, more than the two million that you're starting with now. So yeah, you do need it to to grow. So you do not need to have exposure to to those growth assets, whether it's property shares, whatever it might be. Definitely, and that's where getting the right mix is where you need to get advice because it's all about um, tailoring your portfolio. So how much you need to invest in those growth type assets versus capital secure type assets is really driven by what your situation is, isn't it? Mm. And ultimately, what what you need to be doing to achieve what it yep. is that you want to achieve over a long period of time. Um, just just one question, I suppose, contrary to the 5% rule or 4% rule, but for, for the purpose of our discussion, we'll, we'll focus on the 5% rule. There's been a number of um, articles that I've seen recently, people talking about this particular topic and another school of thought is to have you know, 20% of your portfolio in cash or two years of income in cash um, to, I suppose, protect you against the downside or the or downturn in the market so to speak. Mm. So I suppose the argument there is that if you've got two years in cash, it puts you in a position where you don't have to worry what's happening with markets over that period of time because that money that you need to live on is secure. What, what, what's your take on that? Like what, what, what's your response to that sort of yeah. approach? Is it the right approach? Is it something mm. that could complement the 5% rule or? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's either right or wrong but how we tend to look at that is Cash is cash is a low a, a low returning asset. Yeah. Like yeah. you're gonna get at the moment one and a half, I don't know, two percent on it. Maybe if interest rates are more normal, you might get a little bit more, but mm. 
generally speaking, inflation might be a little bit higher. So you're not going to get a, a great real return on cash, are you? So generally no. speaking, you don't want too much cash. No. So we, we generally say have an allocation to cash that, that that we think is appropriate to your specific situation. So whether you're drawing down a lot, you might need a little bit more cash. We'd probably more say let your asset allocation drive how much cash you have. So um, whether it's one, two, three years of cash or whether you've just got exposure to assets in your portfolio that, that can be liquidated to kind of support. Because I think the, the reason people often want, want one or two years cash is, is it more for an emergency reason? Is that what you, that's more yeah, look, enough to look at it? I think, look, to be honest, I think it's mainly driven by those who are perhaps have a more managed fund type approach with their investing. Because if you're investing direct into shares, well, you know what companies you own. And if you're investing in good quality blue chip type shares, then their dividends don't normally fluctuate that much. So you've got a little bit more predictability. If if you're complementing that with some sort of direct fixed interest and you know what income return you're getting, with that sort of direct investment approach, you've probably got greater confidence what income is being generated. So you may not need to hold as much cash. Contrary to that, if you've invested a lot in managed funds, like an Australian share fund or a fixed interest fund, yes, the income could be um, close to what you need to achieve, but also you don't have control of that income distribution. I mean, the fund manager determines what distributions they make. Mm. So I think the need to have 20% in cash, I mean, I'm making a, 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 a wild guess here, but it's probably driven more so by the fact that that sort of managed fund approach to investing or even index funds, for example, you don't know what income you're going to get from from that sort of approach. So if that is the case and you can't accurately predict what income you're going to achieve, then maybe you do then need a greater amount of cash. But as you were saying, personally, I think with the way that we would prefer to invest, which has got greater transparency and more accurate, accurate predictability of income, then 20% in cash in the current environment is going to be a massive drag on performance, isn't it? In that example that I said, I keep coming back to that same example, but I think it's relevant. So if you if you had a $2 million asset base and, and you were living off the 5% income for that from that, $100,000 a year, if you wanted two years income, that's $200,000. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. 10%. 10% in cash. And, and as you just said then, which I was going to say, that, that'd be a huge drag on your returns. Yeah. And if, you, if your portfolio is under a normal basis is, is generating 5% income or $100,000 a year. You shouldn't need that much in Do cash. Do you need it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just going to drag the portfolio performance down. I, I think so. I mean, and, and that's where, as you were saying, I mean, I would agree that the cash you hold should really only be to a level that meets any short-term capital expenditure. Like if you've yeah. got a trip planned in the next six months or some renovations or things like that, then yeah, sure. You know, you're perhaps happy then to compromise on your return because you need the certainty to be able to access cash without having to worry about markets. Um, but what, as you know, we're op- always open to different schools of thought. But I think depending on how you invest should drive whether you subscribe to the five percent rule or subscribe to the you know twenty percent or two years of cash. Um, but I suppose there's there's going to be different views. But our, our view is probably biased in because of the way that we prefer to invest but if you're in an industry fund and you've got a smaller account balance and you can't i suppose it's important to understand and and um, advise those who perhaps can't invest in the manner that we would like to invest so if it is an industry fund then and 
the income generation perhaps isn't as predictable, maybe then you need to hold a little bit more cash because as we've said to a number of our clients, if you're investing in a unitized superannuation structure and you're drawing a regular pension out of that fund, effectively those pension payments are made via the sell-down of units. So if the markets are going up, that structure's fine. But if the markets are going down, do you really want to be selling out of your investments in a down market? And, and as I said earlier, the early part of 2018 is a classic example of that because the market was off 10%, but it was only off 10% for a very short period of time. But your pension payment could have been coming out at the point where the market was at the lowest. Do you really want to be selling at that point? I mean, I would say that you want to be in control as to when you're selling, not being forced to sell down on assets when the markets are down. So I think perhaps in that sort of industry fund, um, unitized type structure, perhaps then maybe um, having more cash is appropriate. Yeah, look, without doubt, you, you need you need the cash there or you need to sell sell assets. So there's, that's kind of the two ways to do it. Um, Glenn, I'll mention the, the superannuation system in Australia is... Uh, whether it's unfortunate or, or, or good, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's designed to, to sell down. Like as, as we know, the, the minimum pension uh, when, you, when you reach ac- preservation age or access to superannuation yeah. is, is, uh, is 4%. But you know, as you get older and older, that percentage goes up each year. So I think it finishes up at around, is it 14% or something along those lines? Well, so basically every, every 10-year block it increases, doesn't it? So between 55 and 65, it's 4%. Then it goes to 5, then it goes. I think it goes to 5-year yeah, blocks. Then it starts really increasing. So it is, it is designed, you know, the older you live and you, know, you live to 100, you are going to be forced to, to draw down of that structure, aren't you? Yeah, it's look, you're forced design. to draw down, but I suppose the flip side of that is you're not forced to spend it, are you? I mean, you, you can... All you're doing is forced to draw it out of super. So, I mean, we're, we're talking about this 5% rule and people might be thinking, oh, well, that's all good and well, but my fund's making me draw out 7% of my fund. What do I do now? I think the answer to that is you can still limit what you're spending to 5% of your investment capital, but then just ensure that the other 2%, you're perhaps investing in your own names because this 5% rule doesn't just apply to money in super. I think it applies to just invest an investment base in general. Yeah, but yeah, if you had two portfolios, one one inside super and one outside super, and and you're a bit older, so you need to draw down a big chunk. You might, you just need to structure your portfolios in a manner where the the super fund can support can support more more drawdown. Yeah, that's right. So more fixed you, income, you need or a cash bit more liquidity, or, don't you? You can't, yeah. you can't have it all invested in, and, and that's I suppose you know a, a different topic altogether. But as that percentage increases, what you're forced to draw down, you need to make sure you've got sufficient liquidity so maybe that is more cash or more liquid type assets um we've spoken a lot about the advantages of the five percent rule but can you see any any sort of um any issues with the five percent rule is there any sort of drawbacks of that nothing nothing's really jumping out at me i suppose the, the only thing might be if the if the income is is reduced insufficient yeah well if interest rates go down perhaps and and your portfolio's income goes down as a result and you kind of you're just at the right level that you need your portfolio is just generating enough income so let's say uh, i don't know a good example might be if you had have retired five six seven years ago when interest rates were a couple of percent higher globally Mm. um and interest rates got went down so your portfolio let's just say went down in line um and maybe you don't have enough income 
so maybe you build in a buffer if that yeah. if you're worried about that. I was probably thinking more the probably non-return related issues. Like for example, you might not be worried about drawing down on capital. So the advantage of the five percent rule is that you don't draw down on capital and the capital grows. Mm. But if you don't want to leave anything behind and and if you're comfortable drawing down on capital, then this rule probably doesn't really apply then, does it? So that there may be the risk that because you're only limiting your expenditure to 5% of your capital, that you're perhaps missing out on a lot of the things that you want to do in retirement. Yeah, that, that's right. And once again, it comes back to the objectives and also your estate planning objectives when you, that's when right. you pass away, who you want to leave your assets to and how much. And you know, in Australia, uh, mo- a lot of people's wealth is in the family home and quite often that's going to the kids say. And um, so, so a couple might be more prepared to draw down on their super, uh, as you said, to do the things that they want to do. Yeah. I think it's very... Uh, it's very specific to the individual circumstances, that one. Yeah, I think as you are saying, the biggest risk with the 5% rule is that if you're unable to generate that income return, and look, the current environment is probably the testing of them all because we're in an extremely low interest rate environment. So if you can achieve that sort of level of income in this environment, you probably achieve it in any environment. That's why I was pretty um, trying to be pretty clear with, with why we're comfortable with the 5% rule because we've been able to achieve it over a long period of time. But having said that, in the current interest rate environment, it's probably a lot harder to extract that level of income as well, isn't it? Um, so look, I, I suppose just to... Um, did you have anything else to add? Yeah, I, I, the only thing I'll say, I think we spoke about this last time as well, but quite often if if, um, if people are working hard to build their capital to get them to the, to the say, the 5% income level... Um, but, but in my experience, I found a lot of people don't necessarily retire cold turkey, so they might, they might yeah. step down. So that can often be a good way to, to lead into it. So if you feel like you're not quite there or haven't quite built as much capital as you need, if you can, for example, go to half hours or part-time, half of what you were working, um, that reduces what you need to draw down on your fund. So it can, it can increase the longevity Definitely, because uh, quite often people think oh, I'm going to retire now and just do nothing. And but in it's our becoming less and less now, isn't it? Like the 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 old sort of um, times where people would retire at 65 and never work again. I'm probably seeing that less and less now. I mean, most people are sort of slowly, slowly winding down. As you were saying, if, if we're if the, if the topic of today's discussion is is how to make sure you never run out of money, then I think it's a situation where you sort of ease into retirement and don't just start drawing 5% of your fund from day one. You might draw 2.5% and then that allows the other 2.5% to get reinvested for five or 10 years if you work part-time. Absolutely. And that'll that'll, like, you you can do projections and see what it'll look like, but that'll really um, push out the longevity of the fund. And you don't need to earn a lot of money either. I think that because you're able to you know, draw down on your super fund to supplement your income needs. Let's just say you've got a million dollars in super and you need $50,000 a year to live off. Even if you're earning $20,000 a year, which you probably think, oh, it's, it's a fairly low amount of money, that, that's, still, that's still meaning that you're only required to draw 3%. So that other 20000 is just being reinvested. Yeah, it goes a long way, doesn't it? I mean, I don't think in retirement, if you've got, you know, uh, whatever the amount you've got in superannuation, if, you, if you're only drawing part of the income... The advantage of continuing to work is that one, there's some income that's being preserved, but secondly, the other advantage is perhaps you can live a more more comfortable lifestyle because you might still draw the five percent from super, but have you know another x amount of money to to sort of live a more 
comfortable lifestyle. Yeah, and in the early years of retirement, people are often traveling and spending the money. That's probably the time that you want to do it because it might slow down as you as you get into the more of the twilight years of That's your right. life. Yeah, travel and things like that might slow down. Um, yeah, so I suppose just to wrap things up and, and summarize what we've been speaking about today, I, I think we're, we'd both subscribed in some ways to the 5% rule, which just to um, re-review again is, is really just limiting the drawings from your asset base in retirement to 5% of your investment capital. Um, we spoke about, I suppose, if, if that is a rule that you, you'd like to subscribe to, that it is important to structure your portfolio in a way that can generate that level of income and that may be investing in particular investments but also the importance of a diverse portfolio with exposure to the varying assets so a bit of cash fixed interest shares and property we compared that with um, a very common uh, rule of thumb which is to have perhaps two years of income in cash um, and perhaps the pros and cons of that particular strategy but but i think in the end it, it really comes down to um, what, what strategy suits you best and, and tailoring it in a way that you can continue to meet your income needs in retirement without having to be too concerned about what markets are doing in the short term. Um, so on that note, we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast and look forward to speaking to you all again next week. Thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it, the discussion today. Uh, once again, our sponsor day being Hewson Private Wealth. Please uh, check out the website being www.hewison.com.au. Uh, Hewison Private Wealth is also available to search via all the social media channels being Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, we hope you enjoy the podcast. If you do enjoy it, please uh, subscribe to the podcast and also uh, rate the podcast and we're always welcoming feedback So please uh, and topic suggestions. So please reach out to us if you have any comments or suggestions. Uh, See you all next week. Thank you.